Hey, sunny and Seattle friends, just dropping in to say hi and let you know that for the rest of August, while I'm on my road trip adventure in some more remote areas of Wyoming and Montana, we'll be airing several rebroadcasts of guests I was most honored to interview, like Neil Donald Walsh, Anita Morjani, and Martha Beck. These are oldies but goodies. Hope you enjoy them, and I'll see you again live in September. Welcome to Sunny in Seattle with your host, Sunny Joy. And coming up on today's show, Sunny will be interviewing amazing guest, Anita Morjani. She is one of the most powerful near-death experience storytellers out there today. And the two of them will be discussing her latest book, What If This Is Heaven? So stay tuned as the two of them explore some of the big cultural beliefs that keep us from experiencing heaven on earth. And don't forget, we'll also be taking your calls and giving away one of her books. And now we welcome your host for the day, Sunny Joy. And welcome, welcome, everyone. Good morning. Happy Friday and happy St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> Benny had to remind me I came in the studio wearing all black. <laughs> if I was going to pinch you, I might have something against me in the corporation here. Wouldn't so, agree in the uh, human resources uh, claim maybe yeah. against me or something like that. <laughs> but in any event, this is Sunny in Seattle. Yeah. I'm your host, attorney turned life coach, Sunny Joy McMillan. We're here for every Friday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. KKNW bringing you amazing coaches, teachers, authors, and healers who are on a mission to encourage you, inspire you, and give you tools to live a life filled with peace, joy, freedom, and purpose. It is radio that positively shines. And if you can't catch us live, you can always access the show archives at 1150kknw.com. You can also connect with me via Facebook, and I'm there by my name. I also have a page for the show called Sunny in Seattle Radio. And there I post links to our upcoming guests and to resources we mention on the show. So it's a great page to check out and follow uh, if you want to keep up with who will be on the show. Uh, you can also find out more about me and connect with me for coaching through my website, which is goldenoversoul.com. And I have a U district office where I see my clients for coaching. So uh, reach out to me via goldenoversoul.com and come see me for some coaching. Um, I also have a couple of events I want to mention to you guys before we bring on our fabulous guest today, Anita Morjani. And I'll try to speed through these because I want as much time talking to Anita as possible. Um, I have an event coming up next week, Friday, March 24th. And I've mentioned it, I think, before. Um, I do a quarterly event called Sacred Supper Club. And it's basically a good dinner party where we get to talk about the universe. Um, I used to host a lot of dinner parties back in the day when I was in Texas and still practicing law and all that good stuff. But I found the conversation very superficial. And um, I still wanted to enjoy good food and good wine, but I wanted to talk about the more meaningful stuff. So if you would like to join our event, we've only got a couple spots left. It is um, going to be in Sammamish at the beautiful home of Susie Hindle Care. You may know her from her show on KKNW, Radiantly You. Um, and to find out more, to register for the event, um, you can go to meetup.com and just search for Sacred Supper Club. I also have a link posted on our Facebook page for the show. So, of course, the Facebook page is Sunny in Seattle Radio, and that will link you directly to our registration page. So Sacred Supper Club next week, Friday, March 24th. Hope you can join us. Um, also, I'm going to be participating in the Body and Brain Ravenna Park Community Wellness Fair. And if you know Body and Brain Yoga and Tai Chi, um, they've got a couple of locations, and I, I love the folks over at Ravenna Park. I mean, they're all awesome, but um, I've done a couple of events with them. And this is a community wellness fair on Monday, March 27th from 5 to 9 p.m. at the Ravenna Park location. Uh, just near the University Village. And there's going to be a ton of wellness vendors, places like Mystic Kombucha and Float Seattle, uh, the Tummy Temple, all kinds of good stuff. Um, and then a feature presentation at 6 p.m. on abdominal health and stress management, mind mindfulness, like just a ton of good stuff going on. So that's Monday, March 27th from 5 to 9 p.m. at Body and Brain Yoga and Tai Chi in Ravenna Park. And then finally, I just wanted to let you guys know about this awesome new business in town. Um, I met these ladies who basically they have in Fremont the, it's called the Mind Body Sanctuary, and it is a sanctuary. Um, they built a house on a lot out there, and it is just, it is gorgeous. And they have um, holistic physical therapy. They've got acupuncture, Chinese herbology, Reiki, massage. Um, they've got an esthetician, a far infrared sauna with Himalayan sea salts. Like it's 
oh my gosh, guys, you've got to go check it out. Mind, Body, Sanctuary in Fremont. So, okay, those are all my events, all my housekeeping. Oh, check in with Benny, St. Patrick's Day. Hey, we're great. You're looking fabulous. (laughs) I know, Benny, if you guys are watching on the the live stream, Benny felt so bad that I didn't have green. I didn't feel bad. (laughs) I was trying to let you dress. (laughs) You forgot. I mean, like, come on. Hey, I'm just trying to look out for you. Well, you you are, so I don't get pinched today. Well, there you go. (laughs) But I'm wearing these blinking green bracelets. Yeah. (laughs) So you can't miss me. It's like we're our own little, uh, we were talking about earlier, our own little Wonder Woman in here. Exactly. (laughs) So, anywho, happy St. Patrick's Day, Benny. (laughs) To you as well. Thank you. (laughs) And to everyone out there, I hope you guys go drink some green beer or something. Um, So, (laughs) our guest today. You can turn those off, too, if they're distracting. (laughs) They are a little distracting (laughs) as I'm trying to like. I've been kind of looking down at the counter and they keep flashing and it keeps catching my eye. Okay, so I'm just going to turn these off and put these over here. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Don't want to waste the batteries. Yeah, exactly. Save them for later. Benny's taking it back. Okay. (laughs) Now we collect ourselves. And Anita Morjani, guys, I've been so excited about this interview. Um, So as you know, for the last 10 weeks, I have been doing a book club at East West West Bookshop right here in Seattle for Anita's latest book, What If This Is Heaven? How Our Cultural Myths Prevent Us from Experiencing Heaven on Earth. And of course, Anita will be here in Seattle April 8th. Um, that's a Saturday. She's going to be doing a workshop from 2 to 6 p.m. Um, it's going to be an intensive workshop, and we'll have her speak to that a little bit more when we bring her on. But I just want to give you guys the heads up. Um, we are also today during the show, I'm not announcing it yet, but just stay tuned later, and we're going to give away a free copy of this book. It is a beautiful hardback copy, um, and it is a fantastic book. Um, all the people that did the book club have just loved it. So um, the number for when we do announce that later, or if you have a question for Anita, she has graciously agreed to take calls. Um, The number is going to be 888-298-5569. That's 888-298-5569. So Anita, um, if you don't know her, is the New York Times bestselling author of Dying to Be Me, an account of her nearly four-year battle with cancer that culminated in a fascinating and moving experience which vastly changed her perspective on life. Dying to Be Me, which reached the bestseller list within two weeks of its release and remained there for nine weeks, has been translated into more than 45 languages and sold more than one million copies worldwide. Anita is now completely cancer-free, and she travels the world giving talks and workshops as well as speaking at conferences and special events to share the profound insights she gained while in the other realm. Anita Morjani, welcome to Sunny in Seattle. Wow, thank you so much for that beautiful welcome. Absolutely. That beautiful intro. And, and we have Thanks. to wish you happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, well, thank you. I, I didn't realize you knew. So, yes. <clears throat> so um, yeah, we, we went out and celebrated last night. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so I think I had, I'm a lightweight when it comes to drinking, so I think I had one one too many glasses of sparkling wine last night. Oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> this is not a great morning for the interview. <laughs> no, in fact, I'll probably be even better. Oh, good, good, good. I would suggest the hair of the dog just kind of pick oh, it right no, back right. up. I mean, that's just kind of like my thought, just because that's usually what happens. <laughs> this is a great interview. <laughs> I don't know why that seems to help, but it does. Takes the edge off. Takes the edge off. <laughs> oh. Well, anywho, well, we're we're very. I I actually um, in re-listening to um, uh, uh, part of dying to be me, and then also um, I listened to your show on Hay House Radio earlier this week with John Holland, and you mentioned your birthday. So I thought, oh, I made a note. Oh, we'll have to wish her happy birthday because it was for everyone out there. It was yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so, Anita, for for those folks out there, I think, you know, our Seattle audience knows and loves you. But if there are those out there who aren't familiar with your story, haven't read your first book, Dying to Be Me, could you give us just a, a, a recap of exactly what happened and, and why your story is so unique? Well, on um, February the 2nd, 2006, that should have been my last day of life because um, – I was dying from terminal, what was supposed to be terminal end stage, final stages of cancer. I had lymphoma, and um, I'd been diagnosed four years prior, and over a period of four years, it had spread. And so at that point, on February the 6th, 2006, um, by that point, 
I had tumors, some of them the size of lemons, from the base of my skull all around my neck, under my arms, um, in my breast, and all the way down to my abdomen. Because it was lymphoma, it spread right through my lymphatic system. And um, I had fluid in my lungs, so um, when I would lie flat, I would choke on my own fluid. And and I couldn't breathe properly because of the fluid, so I was wheezing all the time. So I was connected to an oxygen tank. Um, I My muscles had completely deteriorated because my body stopped absorbing nutrition. And so I weighed about 85 pounds, and I didn't have the strength in my legs to walk. So my mobility came in the form of a wheelchair. And so I was always either sitting or... or um, sort of not completely lying flat or I would choke, but kind of propped up, lying down but propped up. And I had these big open skin lesions where toxins were coming out of my skin. And um, I was just in a really, really bad state. I was so uncomfortable, in so much pain, um, that uh, on, I think it was, I mean, on the night of February the 1st, the night before, I was in so much pain that I actually remember believing that it was better to die than to be where I am now. Because up until that point, I had been fighting to stay alive. I'd been doing everything I could to stay alive. But I reached a point where it was so hard that I remember actually surrendering and thinking, no, I'd rather die than keep going. And after surrendering, I actually went into a coma. And um, I was being cared for at home because I hated hospitals. I was going in and out of hospitals for treatment, but I was being cared for at home. So on the morning of February the 2nd at home, I didn't wake up. And my husband was trying to wake me up, and then he got really scared, and he called my doctor. And the doctor said to rush me to the hospital right away. As soon as I entered the hospital, the doctors there my oncologist, my doctor was there, and, and others. He brought in other people. And they took one look at me, and they told my husband that I was dying, that this was it, that I'd gone into a coma because my organs had now shut down, and these were my final hours. And basically, the dying process had begun. And they connected me to different machines, and, you know, they put IV feeds and... Um, intravenous feeds of whatever glucose and whatever and I uh, but even though my eyes were closed and my physical body was in a coma I was actually aware of everything that was happening around me but it wasn't like I was looking at them through my physical eyes it was like I was no longer in my physical body and it was like I was outside my body and I was watching everything that was happening I saw every procedure they did. I heard every word they were saying. But more than that, it was like I could feel their emotions. I could feel the emotions of my family, of the doctors. I could feel their resignation that they knew this was it, that I was dying and that they that there was nothing they could do. My family, I could feel that they were distraught, like I could just feel their emotions. But the most amazing thing is despite being able to see, hear, and feel everything that was going on around my physical body, as far as I was concerned, what I was feeling about myself, I noticed for the first time that the pain was gone. All that pain, all that discomfort, the discomfort I had breathing, that heaviness, that um, all of that was gone. And I felt really, really light. And I felt free. And I actually felt amazing. And I wanted to communicate to my family that I'm fine. You don't have to worry about me. You don't have to be distraught. I'm really feeling good, probably the best I've ever felt in my life. But I realized that they weren't hearing me. I had no voice, you know, in that in 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 that situation or realm or whatever you want to call it where i was no not expressing through my physical body because my physical body was lying there in a coma with my eyes closed and i realized i had no vocal cords i had no way of communicating with them um and my vision was very different it was not like 
seeing with physical eyes. I wasn't, because when you look through a physical body, it's like whatever you focus on, that's what you see. But without the body, it was like my awareness was unlimited. Like wherever I put my awareness, that's what I could see. And it was like I had 360 degree peripheral awareness or vision. So it wasn't limited to which way I was facing. But then I started to notice that my awareness was expanding more and more so that I was aware of things that were happening beyond the hospital room where my physical body was. It was I couldn't tell whether it was my just my awareness that was expanding or, or me that was expanding um, because there was no boundary. I had no physical body, so it was like I was just expanding more and more outward. And I was aware of things that were happening outside the hospital room, conversations taking place between the doctor and even my husband, who was talking to the doctor outside my hospital room. And I was later able to tell them word for word exactly what they said, which is what blew them away later. And as I felt myself expanding, I really felt so amazing and powerful. And when I looked on at my body lying on that bed, my body just looked so small and insignificant compared to how I was now feeling. Um, and I realized that this is who I truly am. And when we're expressing through our physical bodies, we don't realize this, but we are all amazing, powerful beings, much more than we realize. And then I sensed the presence of my father and my father had died 10 years be previously before this, before I had this experience. So my father was already in the death realm. He was already in the other side. And I sensed his presence, and it was as though he was helping me. And I had lost my best friend to cancer two years prior. She was there as well. And why I say I sensed their presence, although they made it very clear to me who they were, um, I realized that in that realm they don't have physical bodies. And sometimes when they make themselves known, even, even you know, people have had visions here, they, they appear in, um, in the way that the person will recognize them. But in actuality, in that realm, they don't have any physical bodies or any biology anymore. But when, you know, but I knew that it was them. They made it very clear who they were. And my father wanted me to know that he had been taking care of me the whole time while I had cancer, and he was still watching over my whole family. And he wanted me to know that it wasn't my time and that I needed to go back. And there is so much more that happened, which I write in the book, the things that I learned and how I felt the clarity, because it was like it was like I had awoken from a dream. For the four years <clears throat> that I had cancer, I would wake up every day wishing that it was a bad dream. Now I was in the other realm. It felt like I had woken up and life was a dream and this was the awake state. And um, in that state of clarity, I understood why I had the cancer. I understood how it was that my own energy had manifested itself as cancer because I had suppressed it and turned it inward and turned it against me instead of allowing myself to express myself as the person I came here to be. And in that state of clarity, and as my father was trying to coax me to go back, because at first I absolutely did not want to go back, but then my father said I needed to go back because I hadn't completed my purpose. And he said, my husband and my purpose was linked. And if I didn't go back, my husband wouldn't be able to complete his purpose again. And so, you know, I saw how our, all our lives are connected. We are all connected, all of us. And I realized that we are all, um, we are all expressions of God or universe. We're not separate from God the way we believe we are. We are actually facets of God. And I realized that if I didn't come back, that that facet, I would be denying that facet of God from expressing itself through me. Mm, yeah. And that's when I realized. And then, and with that understanding, I realized. Oh. 
Oh, Anita, we, we're, we're, you're breaking up a little bit, and um, I'm just going to hop in. Anita, if you can hear, um, uh, we're going to go ahead. We'll just go ahead and go to our first break while we try yeah, to Yeah, we'll double reconnect. check the line. Too. Yeah, we're going to double check the line. So you've been listening to Sunny in Seattle. I'm here today with a near-death experience survivor, Anita Morjani. And when we come back from the break, we will continue sharing her fascinating story of healing and uh, talk about her newest book. We'll be back in just a few. I'm Dr. Anthony Lazowitz, and this is Climate Connections. Restaurant and grocery store managers try their best to estimate how much food they'll sell. But it's hard to predict, so leftovers are common. Your local pizza shop might make 50 pies per day, and one day they sell 40, one day they sell 48, and they always have a little bit of extra. That's Claire Oliverson of Too Good To Go. The company's app is available in a growing number of U.S. cities and in 14 other countries. The app lets users pick a vendor and buy a surprise bag of food. They can get gourmet meals from restaurants, pastries from bakeries, or fresh produce, all at about a third of the regular price. So far, the app has helped keep more than 79 million meals from going to waste. She says customers like getting a bargain, and businesses like earning back some of what they spent on ingredients. So everyone benefits, including the climate. When food is wasted, so is the energy used to grow and transport it. And wasted food ends up in landfills, where it produces methane, a potent greenhouse gas. So reducing food waste can reduce climate change. And Oliverson says too good to go makes it easy for consumers to help. Climate Connections is produced by the Yale Center for Environmental Communication. To hear more stories like this, visit climateconnections.org. Notice anything different? You should. There's no other station like Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. Hey, Sunny and Seattle friends. Just dropping in to say hi and let you know that for the rest of August, while I'm on my road trip adventure in some more remote areas of Wyoming and Montana, we'll be airing several rebroadcasts of guests I was most honored to interview, like Neil Donald Walsh, Anita Morjani, and Martha Beck. These are oldies but goodies. Hope you enjoy them, and I'll see you again live in September. And welcome back to Sunny in Seattle. I'm your host, Sunny Joy, and I'm here today with Anita Morjani, um, the near-death experience survivor whose story I have found to be the most powerful. Um, and before we dive back into our interview with Anita, um, I we've got a caller on the line who had a question about our Sacred Supper Club event. And so I'll just give a little more information on that um, so that you guys will have that. Um, the event is called Sacred Supper Club, um, and you can find it on meetup.com. I also have posted a link to the event on my Sunny in Seattle Facebook page. Um, that's Sunny in Seattle Radio on Facebook. And uh, the event is on March 24th. It's at the home of Susie Hindle Care uh, in Sammamish. It's a beautiful place. And we've got uh, a chef preparing dinner in-house. We've got, we'll provide the wine and the beverages. Um, we've got a fabulous program. And basically, we come together, break bread, and talk about the universe and our spiritual journeys, and it's a lot of fun. Um, if you have further questions about the event, um, feel free to reach out to me via my website, which is goldenoversoul.com. Um, you can reach me there by email or the contact form. So that's goldenoversoul.com with further questions about Sacred Supper Club. Um, and so we had some connection issues with Anita. And just while we're getting reconnected with her, I just want to pick up where she left off in her story. And the thing that makes her near-death experience uh, story so incredible, and a lot of doctors were involved in reviewing her case to see just how remarkable it was. But essentially, you know, as Anita was describing in the first half of the show, um, that uh she had lemon-sized tumors all over her body. This had been a four-year fight with cancer, in-stage lymphoma. She went into her coma. She had her near-death experience story. And this is the part that just blows everyone's minds. Most of all, I think the doctors that were involved is that she came out of the coma and her organs kicked back into gear. I mean, they were failing before. And so her organs came back online within about four days of coming out of her coma her tumors reduced in size by 70%. And within about a month, she walked out of the hospital cancer-free. And they did, they did, they put her through so much testing, scratching their heads, uh, where did the cancer go? And they actually, I think, you know, her family was so excited 
by her bedside that she had come out of the coma, that she was recovering. And so they came in one day and they said, we have some bad news. And the family all said, oh, my gosh, what's happening? We thought we were, you know, recovering. And they said, well, we can't find cancer anywhere in your body. And everyone's kind of like, why is that a problem? And it just was something that they had not seen before. Um, And in her book, Dying to Be Me, she actually outlines um, all the the doctors that have reviewed the case have put together, um, you know, all the documentation you would need. And she does this at her workshops where you can see just how bad it was, just how many tumors there were and how long this had been going on to the point where now, today, completely cancer free. And she, as I mentioned, walked out of the hospital like a month later, no cancer. So that's the the healing involved with her near-death experience is something that makes her incredibly unique. So I'm just going to check in with Benny and see how we're doing. Is Anita back? Or do we have We got her, her back, yes. Oh, we got her back. Okay, Anita, <laughs> welcome back. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Thank you. I have no idea. <clears throat> I have no idea what happened there. Um, I think our, our friends on the other side were probably playing with us. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I always like that. Yeah. It happens anytime I interview someone that's pretty high vibration, like Byron Katie, we can never get a clear line with her. It's just crazy. <laughs> There's it's always, you guys scramble the circuitry of the radio station. <laughs> I, I always blame Wayne Dyer. I think oh. he's on the other side having fun. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Because you guys, that was actually part of the serendipity of how your story made it uh, worldwide was through Wayne Dyer, which is just that connection you guys have. It's just beautiful. <laughs> yeah, he was amazing. Yeah. Well, so I hope I, I hope I did the rest of your story justice around the healing. Is, is there anything before? I know we've got a caller on the line. Is there anything else you want to add that I didn't mention, Anita? No, you did a beautiful job. And the thing is that I couldn't tell when the line got cut. So oh. I think I Yes, yeah, so I so I'm glad you did that because I couldn't tell at what point the line cut got cut because I think I was speaking for a minute or two after it got cut because I I did um, share I yeah I wanted the audience to know exactly that it was in the clarity of when I knew why I got the cancer I knew that if I came back my body would be healed and that's what happened within four days the tumors shrunk by seventy percent. And within three weeks, they could find no trace of cancer. And within five weeks, they released me from hospital to live my life cancer-free. And that was 11 years ago. Yeah. And they were, they were baffled. They couldn't figure out um, what, had, um, what had happened. And I just want to add for the audience, if, in case there's anybody out there who needs more proof or who's skeptical, I was interviewed by Dr. Oz who actually ordered my medical records to look at before he had me on his show. And he held up the medical records. He studied them, and he was blown away, and he had me on his show. So if you Google it, it's, uh, I'm, I'm on Dr. Oz. And he actually holds up the medical records for people to see, and he explains it, and he says it's, it's phenomenal. Yeah. And, you know, Anita, before we go to our first caller, oh, and also even before we do that, I just want to remind you guys, we will be giving away a copy of Anita's latest book, What If This Is Heaven, which we're going to get to in just a moment. I can't wait to have her tell you a little bit more about how that second book came about. But we'll be giving that away later in the show. Um, If you want to have the number at the ready so you can dial in, it's going to be 888-298-5569. That's 888-298-5569, and we'll announce that giveaway uh, just a little bit later in the show. Um, but, Anita, you know, before we take our first caller, um, I'm, I'm curious, you know, the doctors, that was a head-scratcher for them as to why you healed and how that kind of radical remission is pretty unique. Um, what do you attribute your healing to? I attribute it to my own um, energy turning inwards uh, if, you know, uh, let me see if I can put it another way. I attribute it to spending a lifetime in fear of fear because I never loved myself and I never knew it was important to love myself. And I learned in the other realm that when we don't love ourselves, what happens is that we don't allow ourselves to express ourselves and be who we came here to be, which means we are denying God or the universe from expressing itself through us. And when we do that, we actually basically shrink and we shrink our energy so much to the point, this is what I did, to the point of becoming drained to the point that I got cancer. Now, when we don't love ourselves, it's almost like we create a void. The void that's supposed to be filled with love 
that void gets filled with fear. Basically, fear is the absence of love. And so I spent a lifetime of living in fear. And you might ask, fear of what? It's always fear of, like, not being good enough, fear of disappointing people, um, fear of failing, fear of illness. I feared cancer. So that means every decision I made in my life came from a place of fear as opposed to every decision or every choice I made coming from a place of love. That's what's changed after, after my experience in the other realm. I learned that I am supposed to make choices from a place of love and ask myself, what would I love to do? What would I like to do? What would I, who am I? I mean, how can I honor myself? How can I honor my, uh, how can I love myself more? If I could do anything, what would I be doing? Whereas most of us are conditioned to make our choices from um, which one will cause me the less, least pain. In other words, we, are, we, are, we're, we fear the consequences and we make our choices from a place of fearing the consequences. We take the job we don't like because it pays more money because we, f- we fear being broke. We sometimes even get married because we fear being alone as opposed to because we love the person and love ourselves and feel we deserve to be with that person. And this is the case with everything. We even eat, some, we, um, eat healthy food because we fear illness, not because we love ourselves and want to live long. Um, so that's kind of the big change for me was I never knew that it's okay to make every single choice in my life out of love and not out of a fear of the consequences. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's beautiful. That was one of the messages that you brought back that go back and live fearlessly. That is one that I have like taped on my mirror now. (laughs) So I have to say, I'm, I love the, the, the messages that you got and that, uh, Acting from love, not fear. Um, so we do have a caller on the line, Anita, if you are, are ready to take that. I just wanted to say oh, one yes. more thing. Yes. That, um, that the other big thing I realized is that we are much more powerful than we have been led to believe. And, and um, my, when my father actually said to me in the other realm, now that you know the truth of who you really are, go back and live your life fearlessly. Oh. And that what I've been doing since then. <laughs> yes, so. and I'm so glad you have been because, my goodness, you are touching so many lives. <laughs> uh, so one of them probably on the line right now. So we have Janie calling in. Um, Janie, uh, welcome to the show. Yes, thank you. Good morning, Anita. Good morning, Sunny. I'm loving this conversation. Um, <laughs> my question, Anita, has to do with your near-death experience. And when Sunny had Dr. Evan Alexander on her program a number of months ago, uh, I remember one of the callers asked him in his near-death experience, had he seen Jesus? And he went on more to describe his experiencing God when he was on the other side, just this omnipresence, completely powerful, magnificent presence, so much so that he could not even refer to God as God. He just referred to him as being Om. And my question for you, Anita, is did you encounter Jesus when you were in heaven or on the other side? And if so, would you please share with us that encounter? And I have one more thought, one more question that might seem a little silly or weird, but um, would you also, if you encountered Jesus or saw him, would you describe his physical, so to speak, presence? Uh, did he look like the pictures that we always saw on the Sunday school wall that had the long beard and the long hair and the biblical appearance? Or was he more like um, a portrait that I recently saw done by a young lady, I believe, from Russia or the Ukraine, who had had a near-death experience? Uh, her name was Akian Kramaric, and it's a lovely portrait, but it's very, um, so to speak, modern in that Jesus was not portrayed as the biblical character that had the long beard and the long hair and so on and so forth. So I would just appreciate anything that you have to say on that subject. Thank you. Well, um, you know, in the other realm, we don't have physical bodies because when we leave this realm, not only do we leave behind our physical bodies, but we also leave behind our gender, our culture, our race, our religion, and um, 
And in fact, death transcends all of these things. And when I was in the other realm, I realized I was something so much more. And the other, um, the other beings I encountered did not have any physical um, biology to them. No hair, no gender, no race. Death actually transcends all of that. All of those things are something that are part of this physical life. Not, it's not part of the other realm. The other realm is so much more that it's something that is beyond what you can imagine over here. And um, so Jesus was, I'm sure, there, as was Shiva and Krishna and Buddha, but none of them had their physical bodies the way that they present themselves to us here. Mm. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you so much for your question, Janie. Um, uh, and I, I always love hearing the various accounts and the near-death experiences because, Anita, they all seem to track what you experience, that, that everything is um, so much bigger than what we see in our human form. And is it your experience that sometimes these they appear to us um, in a certain way so that it feels like friendly yes. and safe to us? Yes, it's to comfort us. The way they appear to us is to make us feel comfortable. So if, um, if Jesus um, is someone we resonate with, that we connect with, then they will appear to us as Jesus. If it's Shiva, then they will appear to us as Shiva. Yes. And it's what we resonate with. But what I understood is that death actually even transcends religion. We're all one. We're all connected. And so when I realized, when I was on the other realm, when I realized that I left behind my gender, my culture, my culture had caused me a lot of problems when I was growing up, and that's what I talk about in the book. And then I realized in the other, in the other realm, oh, my God, I mean, literally and figuratively, oh, my God, <laughs> <laughs> I am none of these things. I am, you know, I had been considered... Um, uh, a second-class citizen being a woman in Indian. In By the way, my background, my parents are Indian. In Indian culture, there is a lot of j- disparity. In the other realm, I realized I'm not even, I don't even have a gender. All of these things, all of these beliefs about which gender is more superior or inferior, which race, which color, which religion, all of that is a here thing. And over there, we transcend all of it. And so if none of that exists there, then what are we? Who are we? I realize we are all pure God, pure essence, or pure love. I like to say we are pure love. Underneath all these layers that we have accumulated over this lifetime, we are pure love. And we just don't realize it. We forget it. When we're born, we know who we are. We know what caused us to long to come here. We know, um, we know that we're yearning for that connection, but it all gets conditioned out of us as we start to learn and integrate and go to school, and we learn to compete, and and we learn, um, and and we start to learn how to basically to identify with ourselves as separate from other people. Yeah. But in actuality, if we're not expressing through, through our physical bodies. We're all connected. We're all part of the same energy. Yes, and it's the same essence. Yeah, and that, and I, we're about ready to take our final break, but you're leading us right into where I wanted to go next, Anita, which is some of the the, the what your latest book explores. Uh, the latest book is "What If This Is Heaven," um, and and it explores some of the cultural myths that actually keep us from experiencing heaven on Earth. Um, Let's go ahead and we'll take our final break. And when we come back, we'll be giving away a book and we'll be talking to Anita about her upcoming Seattle event, as well as some of the fabulous content in What If This Is Heaven. You're listening to Sunny in Seattle. We'll be back in just a few. Sunny and Seattle listeners, you all know I'm a bit obsessed with renowned author, speaker, and near-death experience survivor, Anita Morjani. Well, I'm thrilled to announce that Anita is bringing her powerful story of healing, hope, and unconditional love to Seattle. On Saturday, April 8th, from 2 to 6 p.m. at Seattle Unity Church, Anita will be doing a fun and experiential workshop inspired by her latest book, What If This Is Heaven?, 
She'll be sharing the story of her incredible near-death experience and miraculous healing from stage four cancer, as well as guiding the audience through a meditative, heart-opening experience and answering all of your questions. Learn more and register by going to eastwestbookshop.com. There's even an option to sign up for a special afternoon tea with Anita plus premier seating. I hope to see you all there on Saturday, April 8th from 2 to 6 p.m. at Seattle Unity. Just visit eastwestbookshop.com and sign up early. You won't want to miss Anita Morjani and her powerful, inspiring story. Have you ever felt like you are meant for something more? The truth is, you are. Life is not to be endured, it is to be lived. Live your life fully and with purpose. Join me, Holly Holmquist, day minister, spiritual mentor, and the host of Open Conversations, Sundays at 3 p.m. If you want to live your authentic life, let me and my fascinating guests inspire you. Join Open Conversations Sundays from 3 to 4 on KKNW Alternative Talk 1150. That's Sundays at 3 p.m. Join the conversation. Sunny in Seattle, radio that positively shines. Are you ready to rearrange, reignite, and reinvent your career? If so, then you need to speak with Caroline Semi. Caroline is a career transformation coach right here in Seattle who knows a thing or two about what it takes to transform your career. While working as a corporate project manager, Caroline began to long for something more meaningful, but she didn't have any idea what that would look like, much less how to create it. She tried a lot of different things on her rocky road to discovery, and now she leverages her wealth of experience and expertise to help people just like you bring their career transition to life. Caroline has created the most actionable career transformation program for adult professionals. So if you've been feeling trapped or are no longer passionate about your work, you owe it to yourself to have a free, yeah, that's right, free one-hour consultation with her. Book your appointment with Caroline now by going to createyourencore.com. That's createyourencore.com, your go-to resource for reigniting and reinventing your career. Seattle, Tacoma, Antwerp? That's right. We're streamed worldwide on our app and on the web at 1150kknw.com. And coming up next is an Encore presentation of Sunny in Seattle. Sunny decided to take the day off because, of course, it's her birthday. So in uh, celebration of that, we're going to encore a show from a couple weeks ago with near-death experience expert Anita Morjani. And welcome back to Sunny in Seattle. I'm your host, Sunny Joy, and I am here today with Anita Morjani talking about her amazing near-death experience. Um, Of course, she has her memoir that describes all of that in great detail called Dying to Be Me. Um, But she does have a second book that has just come out recently, What If This Is Heaven? And let's go ahead and give away that copy. Um, It is a beautiful hardback copy of What If This Is Heaven? Um, The number to get that copy First caller at 888-298-5569. That's 888-298-5569. And we'll let Benny take care of our lucky winner, whoever that will be. Um, So, Anita, we've got on our final segment, I have so much to cover with you, but um, this second book. So the thing that stood out to me was that you said from your experience that heaven is a state of being, not a place. And so we've got these cultural myths that keep us from experiencing that. So tell us about this second book and and what what all that entails. Well, I actually believe that um, we come into this world, uh, as as I mentioned, actually knowing who we truly are, but it gets conditioned out of us. And I do feel, um, this is probably a bit provocative, but I do feel that our education system, um, it numbs our it, it numbs our soul and our hearts and our minds, and it kind of, um, it, it, our education system is not ideal to turn us into beautiful, unique beings that where we came here to be. And so um, I believe that not just our education system, but a lot of things that we believe culturally um, I grew up believing that women are inferior to men just because we're women and there's nothing we can do about it. There's a lot of things we believe about certain, whether it's racially and many other things. Like we also believe, uh, we also believe that um, that we need to fear death. 
um, certain beliefs we have about illnesses where in our in our medical system where our medical system is focused on looking for illness and not focused on promoting wellness or health. So I actually believe that we have everything back to front, completely back to front. We seem to focus on everything that we don't want and we focus on eradicating what we don't want as opposed to focusing on increasing what we do want. And we do this with everything, including with health. And also, all our conditioning is done through fear. So our education system makes us fear failing because we're driven through fear of failing. Our governments instill fear in us. Our healthcare system is more like an illness scare system as opposed to a healthcare system. It makes us fear illness as opposed to teaching us how to live healthily. So basically, we've been brought up on this diet of fear, and then we're supposed to go out and love. No wonder we're all so destructive and so fearful. I believe that all the negativity we see in the world is caused out of fear, fear and ignorance. People don't deliberately come here to be destructive and to hate each other and to mistrust each other and to compete with each other. I really don't believe that because I don't see babies doing that. I see it as something that comes as a result of their fears and their insecurities and and, and so on. And so um, this is basically what this book does, uh, talks about. Is the it's um, making it, it's about everything we've learned in life and turning it on its head. It's also about having an inside-out view of the world because we're taught that the outside world is real and we have to accommodate it. We have to adjust to what's happening outside. We have to react to what's happening outside. Actually, the opposite is true. We have to look at what's inside and what's inside each of us, what we are feeling, how much love do I feel? What is the fear I feel? We have to heal ourselves inside, and we will see the outside world being healed. We don't have to go out and heal the world. We have to heal ourselves, and the world will be healed. So it's about having an inside-out view of the world as opposed to an outside-in view. When we have an inside-out view, we stop seeing other people as the enemy. We stop seeing it as a world of them versus us. It's about healing ourselves. And if each one of us healed ourselves, the whole world would be healed. Yeah, and I have heard that concept before. And, of course, everybody, I'm sure, has heard the quote, you know, be the change you wish to see in the world. And I have to say, Anita, that until I read your book, the idea of self-love and the idea of us being the originator of what we experience and what we see in the world did not hit home for me. So I just I encourage you guys out there. Anita articulates some of these concepts in a really digestible way, and it's the most beautiful uh, story as well. Both both books are fantastic. Um, and just for those of you out there listening, um, for the What If This Is Heaven um, book where Anita explores some of these cultural myths, she deals with all kinds of stuff like the idea that we pay for our sins at death, that spiritual people don't have egos, um, you know, that loving yourself is selfish, that we always have to be positive. A lot of these are beliefs that I think, especially within the spiritual community, are are very rampant. And, and her book provides so much healing um, and all from her direct experience in the other realm. Um, and so, Anita, you have, I want to make sure we mention your event coming up here in Seattle, which will be on April 8th uh, from 2 to 6 p.m. It will be held at Seattle Unity right here uh, in Seattle. And uh, you can register by going to eastwestbookshop.com. Eastwest is doing the ticketing for this. And I will say that there are various ticket options. There is an option for tea with Anita, which is really fun if you want to do like the VIP level. And then there's also basic level tickets. There's early bird pricing, guys, that I want to just mention. It ends on March 21st. So you've got like three or four more days to get that early bird pricing. So, Anita, what what can people expect if they come out to see you on April 8th? Um, So what I like to do is when I uh, have people with me in the room is I like to guide them on an experiential journey. So we will do some 
meditation work where I will guide them. Because one of the things that I know which uh, is that we are all connected. Every single one of us is connected. And, and we tend to pick up on the energy of other people in the room, whether we realize it or not. We tra- entrain ourselves with other people in the room. So what I will do is I will work with you to get, um, get the energy within each of us as high as possible so you can know what it feels like to have that. I will uh, we'll unpack a lot of the things in my story and see how they can apply to you and to your lives so that you walk away feeling so much more clarity with clearer intentions of how you want to um, like your purpose in life, who you really are, how to love yourself more. Most people don't know how to love themselves. A lot of people who I attract, they don't know how to receive. They're very good givers, but their receiving door is shut. And so we will open that up for you. Um, We'll also explore some of the common myths that cause you to feel fear and hold you back from being all of who you're meant to be. And we'll uncover and reveal some of the falsehoods beneath the surface of these myths. And many people don't realize that we're actually serving the lies or the falsehoods while we believe that we're serving our highest goods and we'll, uh, our highest good. And so we'll unravel and unpack some of that. Oh, that sounds fabulous. I will be there just so you guys know. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to it. Um, and so we're getting right to the end of the show. And I want to make sure that I plug your Hay House radio show. Guys, I, I plug Hay House radio a lot. But I have to say Anita's show on Hay House radio is one of my favorites. It airs live on Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Pacific. And uh, it, Hay House Radio, you can access by going to hayhouseradio.com. There is also an app for your smartphone, which is how I listen to it. Um, they also rebroadcast Anita's show four or five times throughout the week. Um, so I just encourage you guys to check it out uh, if you like what you heard today. You can find out more about Anita by going to her website, which is anitamorjani.com. And her last name is spelled M-O-O-R-J-A-N-I. So anitamorjani.com. She's also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of the above. Um, So, and don't forget to join us next week. I will be interviewing the world-renowned spiritual theologian, Matthew Fox, um, who's going to be at the Center for Spiritual Living in Tacoma uh, the last week of March. So, um, Anita, right, we've got less than a minute left, and I just want to thank you so much for being here. What an honor to interview someone who I've been following for a while now. (laughs) Thank you. In fact, thank you so much for the beautiful interview, and you asked really, really wonderful questions, and I appreciate that. Well, I have so many more, Anita, so I hope to have you back on. (laughs) And and in our final few seconds, is there a final message you would like to leave with our listeners as we send them off to the weekend? I would love just for them to know that you are, that that all of you out there listening, you're all beautiful. Um, You are everything you're trying to attain. Don't take life too seriously. Um, Spirituality is not hard work. You already are spiritual, whether you realize it or not. So have fun, laugh, and eat chocolate. Oh, I love that. And on that note, thank you for listening to Sunny in Seattle, and I will see you next week.